Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields & Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Punic, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us here for this Monday, February 20th. Happy President's Day. We're here live and local uh, on this holiday afternoon. Let's get right into it. Uh, actually, no, how, how was your guys' weekends? It was good. Yeah. Good weekend. Got to relax, so enjoyed it. Wrong mic there. Switch the mics on me. I've always been number three. Mm Mm-mm. Yeah. You've always been number one one, in my heart. One, two, three, five, four. (laughs) All right, whatever. Don't ask me why it goes five, four, but this has always been number three. Did you have a good weekend? Yeah. I had a good weekend as well. Got some Girl Scout cookies. Ooh. The best Girl Scout cookies there are. Thin Mints. Thin mints you like? Yeah. I like the tagalongs. Mm, Chocolate too, peanut butter is always too been peanut my buttery. favorite. Uh, that's always been my favorite combo. So. They're good. I like those. They're on my list. Not a You're Samoas a fan. Not a hum- Samoas fan. Nick, you got a favorite Girl Scout cookie? I haven't had a Girl Scout cookie in the longest time, but I think the uh, the peanut butter ones are pretty See? good from what I remember. All right. Tagalongs, then. man. Is that the name of them? Yeah. It's okay. the chocolate peanut butter. Yeah. I wouldn't know the name. But gosh, I haven't had a Girl Scout cookie in a long time. Somebody <laughs> wants to bring us some Girl Scout Hey, I got Thin Mints. I got two Thin Mints in the freezer. I'll bring some in if you like mint. I don't think I like Thin Mints. Oh, much. darn. I don't know what it is. I'm just not a big mint So Thin Mints guy. exist. When are they coming out with Thick Mints? Like oh, uh, double on. stuffed Oreos? Let's have a larger Thin Mint. <laughs> All right, Colin. You got to contact the Girl Scout cookie makers for I that. Will. I will. The Girl Scout organization. I'll of contact the Girl Scouts. All right, let's get into EPAC Hoops from Friday Long night. It was, a, leader. it was a big night in EPAC Hoops on Friday night. We found out a lot of stuff. We'll say that. Uh, on Friday night on TV 10, you saw Jefferson lock up the regular season EPAC title with an 82-51 victory over Musselman. The Cougars are now 14-6, and 8-1 and in the EPAC while the Appleman fell to ten and nine and six and four in the conference, um, I mean Jefferson just what had it from start to finish there. Yeah, that was a uh, dominating win for Jefferson, which was what I kind of had anticipated on the pregame show. I thought there was a really good chance that Jefferson wanted to go out and secure the EPAC title, like we said uh, that they just did on Friday, and have that real big statement win in the game right before the sectional tournament to send a message that, yeah, Musselman's been playing great basketball, but we still run this section and we're going to still run the EPAC. And I think that's what Jefferson did uh, last Friday. Um, And Jaden Gladney was just phenomenal. 31 points in the game. His first 30-plus point performance in high school, apparently, according to Coach Lewis after the game, he told us, he was scoring 30 40 in middle school. I believe it. I mean, the yeah, way I mean, I believe it ball, too. But. Uh, you know, he, he's the best shooter in the state of West Virginia, I think, based on what we've seen. And, uh, you know, he can really light it up. 
and you see the talent of that team, you know, when they're clicking and how tough they are to beat 18 threes as a team made in that game. So uh, their shooting is just better than everybody else in the area right now. And when they're shooting at that rate, you know, nobody can really keep up with them. So uh, that's what makes Jefferson so tough. Now, the problem is, is they haven't been able to shoot that ball as well as they did, uh, you know, on Friday or throughout the season when they leave the Eastern Panhandle. So that will be the biggest test, I think, for Jefferson moving forward. You know, can they still find ways to shoot the ball well on the road or, or more so out of the EPAC? Or is this going to continue to be a team that plays well around here but can't get over the hump in the state tournament? For me, I, I was, even though I know Jefferson is the team in the EPAC and clearly that showed, I, I thought Musselman was going to play a lot tougher and compete in that game and make it more closer than it was at no point in that game did you see Musselman stand a chance Jefferson came right out of the gate dominated and didn't look back and it was surprising just even going through pregame knowing the environment knowing the magic that Musselman has been having as of late still eight and two now in the last 10 looking pretty solid but when they go up against Jefferson it's just a another beast and I was watching Jefferson in the pregame and you know the student section was having a lot of fun which is what we expected from Musselman and there were multiple times where they count out how many shots in a row Jefferson was missing from beyond the three-pointers and I think the maximum that I heard was 12 and a few times it was double figures in a row and I'm like oh no is Jefferson not going to be on tonight and then they go out make 18 threes as a team and just wipe the floor with Musselman. So I, I completely agree. This team is clear-cut above everybody else, but the next step is to get out of the Eastern Panhandle and have the same success. And here's the thing. The only way Musselman had any chance, and if they want to have any chance when it comes to the sectional tournament, presuming they were able to take care of business against Washington, which isn't necessarily an easy task. They should just play a pretty close game against the uh, Patriots the other night. Um, if they do face, though, Jefferson again in the sectional championship, they got to do a better job of trying to slow down the pace. You can't play Jefferson's style and expect to win because nobody around here is going to match that tempo and nobody's going to be able to match their shooting. So if you're Musselman, you got to you know play a game that's going to try to keep the score in the 40s and the 50s opposed to a game that's going to be in the 60s, 70s, 80s, because you're not going to be able to score like that. You just don't have the shooting that Jefferson has. Um, they have good players. They're just not those kind of scorers. So uh, I think that's really the key for Musselman. If they were to face off in a sectional, you need to you know score at a proficient rate, and you need to also, though, keep it in a low-scoring game. you got to take a lot of time off the clock in your possessions and really slow the game down if you want to have a chance to win. Yeah, that is big, and as I mentioned, they Jefferson secures the EPAC regular season title, which means number one in Section 2, Spring Mills. They defeated Hedgesville by 14, 65-51. The Eagles fell to 16-5 and and 6-3 in the EPAC. The Cardinals knocked off University 63-39 on Saturday to finish the regular season 15-7 and 7-3 and and in the EPAC. Uh, big 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 for them because they lock up the number one seed in section one yeah apparently the voting is no longer a thing so 
all those complaints about the votes last year, well, now it's just based off your record. So you see Spring Mills taking the one seat in the section. Uh, we'll be covering that section, right, Spencer, yes. for, for the tournament? So, yeah, we'll be covering uh, Section 1. And, you know, it should be really intriguing. You got Hedgesville-Martinsburg. I know Martinsburg has struggled against the Eagles so far this year, but it's still a big rivalry game. So you know, anything could go down there. And then a potential Hedgesville-Spring Mills round three sounds good to me. I mean, those two teams have been, you know, going at it, and we'd finally get to see uh, them. Or Martinsburg-Spring Mills round three would be, you know, interesting because Martinsburg has battled the Cardinals so yeah. far. So I think for Spring Mills, it was really important to get out of uh, that first round, get that first round by, because while Martinsburg has struggled and they struggled over the weekend, um, they're a team that's given you fits. Even though you've beaten them both times, they've been close enough games where you could slip up and lose a sectional game to them, and then all of a sudden your state championship or state tournament hopes are out the window for the Cardinals. But they found a way uh, – to get the win over Hedges will secure that one spot and it's been a really good season for Spring Mills and they've been very impressive Uh, and I think kind of surprised us that not so much that they were good this year but I was a little bit surprised that they took as big of a leap as they did uh, to be the team over Hedgesville who has just all that experience and talent coming back I think we expected Hedgesville to potentially be the one in the section one but that's not been the case and Spring Mills uh you know, very impressive team and well-deserving of that one spot. Yeah, they really are. And I think that you brought up the point about the voting. Kind of weird to me. I know that it hasn't changed uh, specifically in baseball. I have confirmed it hasn't changed in baseball here in the EPAC. But, uh, you know, that did cause some controversy last year, how Spring Mills was ranked third, I believe, right, in Section 1? Yeah. By yeah. the voting. And, and, you know, Coach Samples thought they should have been one or maybe even two. Right. Yeah, and I think that ultimately gave them a chip on their shoulder as something to play for this year, which is why they've really impressed us, took that step that, Nick, you just mentioned you didn't really expect them to take just yet because we knew that Hedgesville has the more experienced team overall, but yet when it comes to the EPAC and Section 1, Spring Mills overall has been the dominant team. They went out, they beat Martinsburg twice, they now beat... Hedgesville twice they have so far lost to Jefferson split with uh, Musselman and then beat Washington both times you got to put him as number one and even if there was still voting this year I think they would be put as number one but I do like the fact that it has changed because we know a few times that the uh, voting wasn't always the best option oh I had the score wrong so University did beat Spring Mills then the regular season 63-39 I had the score flipped yeah. Uh, but so Spring Mills falls the end of the regular season, but a big win over Hedgesville on Friday night. And it looked to me, I'm not certain since we weren't at the game, but maybe that Spring Mills was resting guys. I don't, I don't know. But I saw, I don't know if they just got in foul trouble or what it was, but their uh, usual top scorers really weren't that big of a factor. So I don't know if the Cardinals were trying to like get a lot of young guys in or a lot of different guys in the game. Knowing that they had already gotten the yeah, first. Yeah, they already got the their section. one seed, so the game was kind of pointless and – I don't know. That might have been the approach, or maybe they just had a lot of foul trouble. I'm not sure what it was, but uh, just looking at the numbers, it didn't seem like your typical Spring Mills outing, especially against a team that they had already beaten this year for them to lose that poorly. It seemed to me like maybe you know back-to-back nights, Coach Samples probably looked at it as an opportunity to get some different guys some looks 
Uh, yeah, DJ Bordley had nine points. Logan Bush had nine points. Caleb Thomas with just six. Xavier Anderson with four. Max Anderson with three. Austin Davis with three. Um, Caleb Robinson did not score a point, had two assists. Yeah, so I don't know if it was just a really bad game for Spring Mills or if that was kind of the approach, like, hey, we're going to try to get everybody in, you know, take this as more of a scrimmage. That could have been the case. I don't know. I mean, as we said, you got to put all your focus against Hedgesville, right? You want to lock up that one seed in the game against University, even though, yes, it's a quality opponent, didn't matter as much, and you're playing on, what, less than 24 hours. I was trying to quickly do the math in my head and couldn't, but you probably 12 12 hours after playing a game had to get on a bus to go to University to go play, if not – fewer hours than that so that's yeah. a really tough situation for them it obviously not a good loss you you want to win but it's understandable i feel like yeah washington already completed their regular season on thursday the bulldogs though from martinsburg they lost both of its road games falling to lindsley 83 to 48 on friday and wheeling park 90 to 59 on saturday the bulldogs are 7 and 14 friday when they host Broadfording and Christian Academy, which we'll have for you on Talk Radio WRNR TV 10 WRNR TV on YouTube as the Bulldogs look to finish the regular season 8 and 14 with a win over Broadfording. But, uh, you know, two tough teams going to that Northern Panhandle will take on Lindsay and Lindsley and Wheeling Park. Yeah, we knew it would be a big challenge for Martinsburg. And the question was, you know, can you get a win over a quality team? Because you really need a win. It's been a while since Martinsburg's been in the win column. Uh, but again, they kind of played how they've been playing all year. Had a few moments where they looked solid, looked competitive, and then as the game went on, kind of fell apart down the stretch. But obviously, those were two really good teams that they had to play. Um, it was hard to expect this Martinsburg team to get a win, but uh, you would have liked to be a little bit more competitive, I think, if you're Martinsburg and, and you really needed a win because they need some sort of momentum. And while you should get, be able to beat Broad Fording um, on Friday night, I mean, Broad Fording is just not going to be the kind of win that really makes you feel confident that Martinsburg is going to do anything in the sectional tournament. But again, at the end of the day, they're the Martinsburg Bulldogs, so you have to respect them as an opponent, and you have to give them some sort of chance because of the program and the coaching there. And uh, we know they have talent and they have athleticism, it's just they haven't put it all together but maybe if they get hot at the right time uh they could do that but obviously these two losses really hurt any confidence that you have that martinsburg will make any sort of run even though they're good teams that they played it's just they weren't that competitive with them i completely agree they're lacking confidence they're lacking momentum and it's tough to put anything in your mind to trust that they're going to be a competitive team when they have to go play next week on Tuesday against Hedgesville, a team that they've competed a little bit with, but for the most part, Hedgesville beat them both times, so they have their number. And I, Is I don't it really, Tuesday? Assuming that it would be a Tuesday, Thursday. It's The game is on Friday for the sectional final, so I don't know if it's Wednesday or Friday. Okay. It might be Wednesday. Girls Friday. is Tuesday, Thursday. Boys might be Wednesday, Friday. Okay. I could be wrong on that if anybody listening knows text me for confirmation or put in the youtube or the facebook comments but i do believe it's wednesday friday okay boys my apologies i always get those two confused 
Uh, but uh, here, here are the standings as they are. Number one seed in Section 1, Spring Mills. Number two seed in Section 1 is Hedgesville. Number three is Martinsburg, which means Hedgesville will host Martinsburg in the Section semifinal. And then the winner of that game will travel to take on Spring Mills Friday, March 3rd, I believe is the date. Yes, Friday, March 3rd. Um, and then on Section 2, Jefferson's the one. Musselman's the two, Washington's the three. Musselman will host Washington. Winner of that game will travel to take on Jefferson on Friday, March 3rd as well. Uh, But, uh, wow. Uh, Kind of how we thought it was going to go all year long. Didn't realize Musselman was going to have, you know, win eight of its final ten games. Yeah, but like we kind of expected, Musselman did get better as the year went on, which is what we had thought you know, from their opening game against Greenbrier East, that they would take a step in the right direction as the year got on and they started to build their chemistry and started to figure out the rotation. And we saw that with the Appleman. So um, they're definitely playing, you know, good basketball right now. But Washington, even though they haven't been able to get a win, is also playing pretty good in terms of they're playing close games. So, you know, I would look out for this Washington team. They nearly knocked off Musselman the other night now. In that game, Logan Shelton and Gavin McLean were both dealing with injuries from the Martinsburg game, so they weren't at 100%. They didn't play in the game against Washington, so maybe if they play, it's a more dominating win for the Appleman. But you know, that's a definitely an intriguing first-round matchup. And, of course, on the other side, like I already said earlier, you know, Hedgesville-Martinsburg is always intriguing, even though Hedgesville has kind of dominated the Bulldogs this year. You wouldn't uh, count them out if they're able to get hot but it will be tough obviously going on the road to Hedgesville who should have a really good crowd like they did last year for the sectionals so looking forward to it always fun in high school boys basketball and girls basketball this week I'm excited for this as well yes tomorrow we will have Martinsburg the number two seed in section one on the girls side hosting number three Hedgesville then Thursday we'll have number one seed hosting the winner of that game number one seed is Spring Mills both games set for 7 p.m. 6.30 pregames. But that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford, and Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com. For more on the other side of this break, we'll talk college hoops. West Virginia, unfortunately, falls to Texas Tech. They're going to put that out of their head, though, because they got a game tonight against Oklahoma State. We'll talk Shepherd hoops as well on the other side of this two-minute break. You're tuning in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. And I feel With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. The future doesn't wait. Why should you? Blue Ridge Community and Technical College offers over 60 degree and certificate programs in education, IT, culinary arts, engineering, and so much more. Small class sizes, flexible schedules with evening and online classes, affordable tuition, plus financial aid is available to those who qualify. Now you can go to college. Visit us online at blueridgectc.edu. That's blueridgectc.edu. Stop waiting and enroll today. At the Berkeley County Health Department, our 
Prevent, Promote, Protect. Since 1935, our mission has been to provide clinical and environmental services to protect the health of the general public. We're committed to building public health in our community by offering a wide range of services, including blood pressure screening, breast and cervical screening, family planning, counseling, lab testing, and more. We perform health inspections to make sure the restaurants you visit are clean, and we prepare and coordinate plans to respond to all hazards. The Berkeley County Health Department, 122 Waverly Court, Martinsburg. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you here is, fortunately, the Mountaineers were on an uptrend. And then I'm not too sure what has happened, but things not looking good up in Morgantown as they fell on Saturday to Texas Tech, 78-72. They now sit at 4-10 in the Big 12. They're technically third to last, tied with Texas Tech. But I guess technically second to last because I'm assuming Texas Tech. Are they 1-1 against Texas Tech? I think so, yeah. yeah. It's a nice sweater, by the way, Spencer. Thanks. I like your sweater today. I don't. School journalism, mass communication. Got to rep where you came from. Yeah. Good basketball program there, too, this season. Yeah, very good basketball program. Might uh-huh. win the might win their the new Sun Belt. They might, yeah. Yeah. I doubt it. Oh, they're in second place. They're in second place in the regular season. It's just the first loser. <laughs> they do get a – the last time they got a buy or a double buy – we were buy, talking Mountaineers this segment. We will. The last time they got a buy or a double buy, we want to talk about a team that actually wins in their conference. Look, look, look! look. The last time Marshall got a buy or a double buy in their conference tournament uh, was 2018, and they won it, and they went to the big dance. Yeah, who they lose to? (laughs) I was waiting for that. (laughs) All right, though. Let's talk about it exactly. Yeah, who WVU lose to? Kentucky. Yeah. All right, but still. Just as bad as Marshall lost to WVU. <laughs> Mountaineers have now lost three straight. Yeah, they're falling apart. I, my prediction was wrong. I said uh, the final six games they'd go three and three because there were three at home and then three on the road. They win the three at home, and now they fall at home, which is unlike WVU, but they went just completely cold in the end, and you can't do that in a close game. You can't – I think it was either the five or six of the last field goals – they missed. They turned the ball over late, and they allowed uh, Tech to win because of that, and they got dominated on the boards. So frustrating, obviously, because it puts you even more on the bubble. They were the uh, first four by. Now they're the last four in, according to ESPN and everything. So I don't see them making it you if need, they lose this You need the games. win tonight, yeah. You need this win tonight because you look at the rest of the schedule – you're not beating Kansas. If you beat Kansas, you're in, but you're not beating Kansas on the road. Nobody does. Uh, you're not beating Iowa State, even though they're kind of falling apart a little bit, but they're still a much better team, even though you did 
get the win against them at home. I don't think you're winning on the road. And then Kansas State, maybe, but this one definitely hurt. Yeah, Oklahoma State's coming off of a, a bad loss in terms of final score. You know, 25 point loss, 100 to 75 against TCU, but they did beat Virginia this year. Uh, they're definitely a another one of those teams that are. I mean, I mean, they're playing for a spot in the tournament potentially if they can you know, get some quality wins here down the stretch. They're very similar situation here to the Mountaineers, uh, but WVU is at home tonight. They're a five point favorite. A loss tonight, I don't think it matters what you do the rest of the season. You you need this one like yeah. bad, um, especially the way Oklahoma State's played in its last couple of games. Uh, they do have a win over Iowa State recently, but besides that, they've had some some tough losses here in the last two games to Kansas and TCU, who are good teams, but still just not even really being that competitive with those teams. Uh, makes you feel like the Mountaineers will win, but again, they've been so inconsistent, it's hard to really judge this team, it seems like. And, I, and you can tell, you know, I've listened to a little bit of Coach Huggins on the Coach's Show when I've been in here on Monday nights. and Thursday nights. Thursday nights. I don't know why I always think it's Monday nights, but um, that Thursday was Monday nights. night mayhem. Yeah, maybe that's Good what times. it was. Yeah, those were the days. Um, but you know, he just kind of feels very or seems very frustrated with this team and, and can't really get a good read on them. So uh, we'll see if that can, that changes here down the stretch. But I think overall, most people are starting to really doubt this Mountaineers team. ARM asked us a question last week, and I, I saw it in our Facebook comments after the show, uh, he was like, well, do we even want to make the tournament? And I said, well, WVU's the kind of program that they want to make the tournament because making the tournament makes your program better in the future, and they're not necessarily like a like a Duke or somebody like that that has the expectation of winning the national championship every year. So, yeah, they still want to make the tournament, I think, but even if it would mean that they would lose in the first round, you know, it's going to be better for the program overall. I thought that was kind of an interesting question that got brought up, and I was like, hey, you do want to make the tournament, even though it may be – I understand what he's talking about. Like, from a fan perspective, it's like, I just want this season to be over with. But um, still making the tournament is, is something to be proud of at the end of the day, and you never know what can happen if you do make it in. But I don't – I just I, – I, the, the Big 12 is such a good basketball, great basketball conference. Obviously, top basketball conference in America, basically. Yeah. Not even but close. I just don't get how you can put a four-conference win team in there. Especially because they're out of conference schedule. They posted basically nobodies. I disagree. I think it was a pretty solid. They played some decent teams. Schedule. I mean, you can they got a couple of good wins out of conference. Auburn's a decent win. That, but that's a game that has to happen. It's the Big it 12 have to SEC Challenge. It just does. It <laughs> has to. It's the last year. All right. But I mean like they lost to Xavier. Um they lost to Purdue. Is Florida good at basketball? They beat Not Florida. Not this season, no. But I mean they got Florida and Pitt, right? They beat both of them. Yeah, they killed Pitt. Pitt's a Pitt's now team. Number 2 in the ACC surprisingly. Yeah. yeah, but that was beginning of the year. I don't I don't that's the second win. game of the season. I don't take stock in second game of the seasons. I mean it's definitely I get what you're saying like overall how do you really put WVU in the tournament? But they have enough where you look at the other bubble teams. Colin and I did this last week on the show. I don't know if you listened to it, but um, I I would think I was we, it, you were probably sleeping. you know not feeling the best. So understandable if you didn't. Just listening but, to another show, <laughs> you might have been. Yeah, uh, 
Colin Coward at this time or something like that. Pat Sports junkies. Yeah. Pat McAfee. Pat too. But, um, you know, Colin and I kind of went through all the bubble teams and we were like, well, would, is WVU better than this team? Yeah, probably. Are they better than this team? And, and we were pretty much saying that they're probably the best of the, those bubble teams. But, again, things have changed since then. Yeah. And if they were to drop in these next couple of games – uh, to teams that they should be, and they can't get a quality win over one of the top teams in your conference. It's tough to really put them in, but we'll just have to wait and see how it plays out. We will have to wait and see, but you can tune into the Mountaineers tonight. They take on Oklahoma State, 7 p.m. Pre-game coverage from the Mountaineer Sports Network begins on Talk Rated WRNR at 6 p.m. Tip-off at 7. That's in Morgantown at the Coliseum. Let's move on to Shepherd Hoops as both teams unfortunately fell once again this weekend. And for the men's, I mean, they're fighting to save their playoff lives. 13-13 and 13 now, 10-10 and 10 in the conference, falling to East Stroudsburg 74-58. to 58. They'll have Shippensburg on Wednesday, Cutstown on Saturday. Yeah, that Cutstown game could determine if the Rams are dancing in March and playing in the PSAC tournament or if they'll be sitting at home and uh, watching because Shippensburg is – already beaten Shepard once this year so at least on paper it might not be a win for Shepard if they win against Shippensburg then Saturday doesn't matter anymore but that's the thing they got to be a pretty good team on Wednesday and we'll be there for it it'll be a home game so you know there's a chance but again now Shepard is also dealing with some injuries McLean Corley just got healthy it appears as he looked like he played a lot more up to his standard against East Strasburg but then John Preston didn't play in the game so this has feelings of last year again, uh, where Shepard has some talent on their roster, but they can't stay healthy. And uh, even though they were in a good position at one point, now may not even make the tournament. They at least made the tournament last year despite all those injuries. So it's definitely been kind of a disappointing stretch for the Rams where they've lost some close games and they shouldn't really be in this situation, but they are. And now they're going to have to beat a quality Shippensburg team or if they lose, beat a Kutztown team that would be playing its best basketball at the right time on the road. So not an easy situation for Shepard, and, and you just hope that they can get it done on Wednesday and then not have to worry about things. But um, it, it's definitely been you know a tough stretch as, as of late. Yeah, uh, 14 points for McLean Corley, 13 for Carson Poffenberger, uh, 7 for Aiden Hewley, uh, 7 for Stefan Marcel, 6 for Gerard Robinson, and then it drops down to below five for the rest of the team, unfortunately falling in that one, 74-58. Again, we mentioned Shippensburg will have that game for you on Wednesday. Moving over to women's hoops, they fell 58-41. to uh, They just couldn't really get it going in the first quarter. They were down 15-8 um, to after one. They uh, did score 11 and only gave up 14 in the second quarter. A third quarter... Uh, they scored 18, gave up 20, and in the fourth quarter, they only mustered up four points. It's a closer game, though, because they only gave up nine points in the final frame. Uh, Kendall Haggerty had nine points, nine points for Megan Shipley, seven points for Madison Mertz off the bench, six points for Narisha Miller, five points for Kara Miner, and then Sydney Bowles, Peyton Grant, three and two respectively. I think if you, you know you didn't have that long scoring drought there in the, from the end of the third to the fourth quarter. Could have potentially been in this game and, and you know maybe seen some more scoring from Bowles and Grant. Could have been a closer game than what it was at 17. That's true. If they did score more points, they would have made it closer. 
Yeah. Right now, though, they're ultimately just playing for their spot next year, in my opinion. You're looking at what you need to work on for next year, uh, where you need to recruit if you're not liking certain spots. So right now they're just fighting for their spots and trying to shine, even though you want to play as a team overall. You also got to understand that this is a full rebuild and to be on a starting spot potentially next year and even a role spot, you got to perform here in the final few games. But we will have both games for you on Wednesday. Shippensburg in town. Pre-game coverage on TV 10 WR and RTV on YouTube begins at 5 p.m. Tip-off at 5.30 for the women's and tip-off after 7.30 for the men's. That will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by our Sydney's home store, not just an appliance store. Any longer, cabinets and designer bedding out there, living in his family-owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Ack away. Go to Orsini's.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll talk about the NBA. Uh, Russell Westbrook's decided where he wants to go after his buyout. Uh, Kevin Love getting a new team and all-star weekend pretty uh pretty impressive uh feat happened in the dunk contest we'll talk about that after this two-minute break you're tuning the sports mix on talk radio wr on tv 10 hi this is lauren from orsini's right here in martinsburg grilling is not just for the boys we are a platinum traeger dealer carrying the pro series all the way up to the timberline series We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces, not just Traeger. We carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com. Whether it's a strain, sprain, or fracture, WVU Medicine Orthopedics and Sports Medicine in Charlestown and Spring Mills now offer same-day appointments. No referral is needed unless required by your insurance carrier. WVU Medicine Orthopedics and Sports Medicine offers the exceptional care you expect for the injuries you don't. For same-day appointments at WVU Medicine Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, call 304-725-BONE. The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be. Join us every night to relax and enjoy football or basketball games featuring either the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Shepherd University Rams, or West Virginia Mountaineers. We will have steak night every Wednesday, trip nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. You can find us on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. Shenandoah Community Health continues to offer COVID vaccinations and clinics each Saturday throughout the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. The COVID vaccinations and boosters are free to anybody age 12 and up. To find out more, call 304-263-4999 or visit Shenandoah Community Health's website. Get your COVID vaccination or booster free to anybody age 12 and up at any of the Saturday clinics hosted by Shenandoah Community Health in the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. Call 304-263-4999 today. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. 
Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix right here on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you. Uh, programming note here in a few weeks. Uh, when does the NFL scouting combine start, guys? Is it this 28th. week? 28th. Is it 28th? You know it's 20. Oh, yeah, because you were trying. 28th through the 6th of March. After the 6th of March, uh, we will be getting a big guest on the program, a local guest. We've had him on the show, and we had a show with him last fall. Uh, Tyson Bajan, he'll be back in West Virginia after the scouting combine, getting ready for his pro day at Shepard. Uh, we'll have him on at some point during that time frame, but just wanted to update everybody. We were talking about trying to get him on last week, but things just don't work out when you're uh, he's trying to work out and get ready for going. Literally. Literally. He's got to work out in the middle of the show. So things just didn't work out now, but we'll get him on later on here in a few weeks. Uh, but let's talk NBA. It was a uh, couple big moves coming down, guys, as uh, Russell Westbrook decides to get his buyout, and he's going to the Clippers. Yeah, which is interesting because Westbrook had spent time uh, with Paul George in OKC before George had requested his trade and ended up uh, with the Clippers, uh, which eventually led to Westbrook leaving as well and heading to Houston. So uh, it's kind of interesting that they, they reunite with the Clippers. He goes from the Lakers to the Clippers, essentially, so from one L.A. team to the next. Um, and... You know, this is after the John Wall experiment didn't really work out for the Clippers, so they're trying Westbrook, uh, which is also kind of funny because the John Wall experiment, once it was done in D.C., they went to Westbrook. But um, So you bring in him to go along with George and Leonard. I'm not certain if this is a great fit, but I think it's a better fit than the Lakers were for Westbrook. And I think at this point in his career – what he would be best serviced as is like a second, third quarter guy that can give you about 25 minutes. Um, you know, not necessarily be relied on as a big scorer, but just put up some good numbers off the bench potentially. And uh, But you definitely don't want him in toward the end of games because he's not a good shooter, not a good free throw shooter. Um, but he's a good spark I think for a team that's in a playoff hunt and trying to make a run like the Clippers are, uh, but he's not, you know, necessarily the player that he once was is like a big time game changer that makes them now a favorite or anything like that. But I think he's a good addition. I think this is a better fit for Westbrook than the Lakers were because uh, they do have more shooters around him. And George and Leonard, if they're on the floor together, are better spaced guys than what you would have in a, in a case of. Westbrook, LeBron, and AD, where LeBron and Westbrook are essentially the same style of player, even though LeBron's a much better shooter than Westbrook and at this point can actually put the ball in the basket when Westbrook only averages about 15, 16 a game. Uh, But they're the same style in terms of they like to get a lot of rebounds, they like to get a lot of assists. You don't have that in in the Clippers with George and Leonard, so I think spacing-wise it works a lot better. Um and it should be a decent fit. I don't think it's something that changes my perception of the Clippers this year, but I think they get a little bit better with this addition. I just think it's kind of funny and crazy how much control players have now and where they get to land. He was just traded to the Jazz, didn't want to play for the Jazz, so they he gets to force a buyout, and now all he's doing is changing locker rooms. He gets to stay in LA in the west and basically just gets rid of 
expectations of being a Laker and having to play with LeBron gets to go to a better team because even though he literally just Westbrook has really fallen off in his career, across a hallway, got the better deal. Yeah, he's literally got to move his uh, yeah. his belongings across a hallway to their locker room. Just it, it, crazy. It's crazy how much control players have, but well, it's not good only for him. The fact that Westbrook didn't want to play in Utah, I don't think the Jazz really want Westbrook because then why have him in the trade? Why not try to get something else? It's a salary dump. So in the NBA, they'll trade for guys that they don't necessarily want because the other team wants to get rid of their salary, and then they'll buy them out so then they don't have them long term and they can enter their rebuild like the Jazz are entering. So essentially they were thrown into the trade for some sort of salary dump. They ended up having to buy out Westbrook. But long term, it works out better for both sides because Westbrook gets to choose his team, like we said, and the Jazz enter this rebuild that they clearly are going into after losing Donovan Mitchell, after trading Donovan Mitchell, I should say. Yeah, Can we uh, can we just talk about this NBA dunk contest? A guy from the G League, Mac McClung, from Virginia. From Virginia, Gate City, Virginia. He went to Georgetown and then Texas Tech before uh, ultimately going to the NBA draft, not getting drafted, but going to the G League. First G League player to ever participate in the dunk contest. And uh, he wowed the judges. 19 out of his 20 scores from judges were perfect 50s with a lone 49 on his second dunk, dunk of the first round. Do you think he just revitalized the dunk contest? No. Uh, he had the best performance since Levine in 2016, so it's been a while since we've had it. I feel like before that we think of Blake Griffin. Yeah, John Wall was okay in his, yeah. but that was a weird dunk contest. They changed the rules. It just wasn't a good one, but Wall had a really nice dunk in that one. But, um, yeah, and anyway, uh, McClellan had that solid performance, but he's – the dunk contest will never be what it once was because the star players don't do it. There's um, a way to change that. Well, there is, but they're just not going to participate. It doesn't really matter. No, nope, there's a way to change that too. Whatever, Colin. You canceled the all-star game completely. What's wrong with the game itself? Though? Because the game itself has ultimately become a dunk contest. So if you want the stars in the dunk contest... Cancel the game. Who really wants to watch a 184 to 176 point game where there's no defense and they're already hey. lobbing it off the backboard for alley oops anyway? Just I think a lot, cancel the well, game. I like the I like what they're the doing though. They're the doing the elamending. Yeah, it's just gets like the basketball. Elamending has added some a little bit of defense to it. I think toward the end of the yeah, game after they're already at 170. Yeah, it's that. That's the point of the All Star game. It's meant to be entertaining. So cancel it and have him do the dunk contest. You want to revitalize the dunk contest? Would you rather have the game or the dunk contest? Dunk contest. I wouldn't, because the dunk contest, like we've said before, there's only so many things a human can do with a basketball to dunk. That haven't been done before. Change that. We've pretty much seen. He got creative. Not really, though. He didn't. He was the most creative there. That's why he won. Yeah, but he didn't do anything that hasn't been done before. Really. The one yeah. dunk that really impressed me was when he put it off the glass, but that has been done before. So, even if LeBron James is in the dunk contest, what is he going to do that's any different than Mac McClung? Hmm. And Mac McClung's arguably more impressive because he's a 6'2 guy out there, and, and his vertical is just B- Break amazing. the rim? I don't know. LeBron's not going to break the rim. He's not Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> and if he broke the rim, would that really be that cool? No, no, it would just be a broken rim, and then they'd have to go get a new one. Just go All to right. the other side. 
Well, that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online, they'll deliver to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll talk Capitals and uh, the XFL is back. The Defenders get a comeback win last night. Some local connections in the game. We'll talk about that after this two-minute break. You're tuning in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 back in two minutes. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a new or used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it, no questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center, 400 West Stephen Street, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. We're talking with Martinsburg CPA Ken Apple. Ken, should I concentrate on paying as little taxes as possible this year? Well, Rob, I want to pay the least taxes possible over my lifetime, and that might mean paying a little more taxes today than I'm legally required to by making a contribution to a Roth IRA, for example, instead of a traditional IRA. Because if I'm going to be in a higher tax bracket down the road, it not only affects my taxes, but could affect how much I pay for my Medicare insurance. Ken, how do we reach you for more information? You can reach me at 304-263-1100. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix for your Monday, February 20th, 2023. Brought to you part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors. John Everson and Phil McCoy call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us here as we wrap up today's edition of the Sports Mix and the Capitals. Not looking good. They fell 4-1 to in the stadium series. Completely embarrassed, really, in that second period. Uh, I stopped paying attention to the game after that, to be honest with you. Same. Just wasn't uh, – it, it just wasn't – I don't know what was wrong with this team right now. Um, they don't have a Vetchkin? I guess that's that's it. Hopefully he'll be back soon. But uh, the Capitals back in action tomorrow. They host the Red Wings at 7 p.m. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're, I believe they're officially out of the playoffs at the current moment in time. Uh, out of the wild card standings, but uh, yeah, the Capitals not looking good here. Uh, hopefully, something can change this week. Maybe a players only meeting coming up. 
Uh, but we'll see tomorrow night. They take on the Red Wings. Let's move on to XFL. It's back this weekend. DC Defenders hosting the Seattle Sea Dragons last night. Prime time. Uh, Nick not too enthused with the XFL, uh, but some local connections in this game, so we'll talk about this. Uh, so the D.C. Defenders came back last night to beat the Seattle Sea Dragons at Audi Field in D.C. 22-18. Is that the soccer stadium? Yes. yes. Okay, that's what I figured. Martinsburg alumni Jawan Green. From, uh, he went to Albany, and then he played with the Falcons, I believe, and maybe the Jets. I might be thinking of the wrong guy. Uh, but he's been on the, been through some NFL teams. He had a catch for four yards last night for the Sea Dragons. Also, former Marshall running back uh, Brennan Knox had 11 carries for 31 yards and a score for Seattle. For the defenders, Shepard alum Dewan Neal had eight solo tackles in the game. DC moves to one and zero, and they travel to take on the Vegas Vipers next Saturday at 7 p.m. Uh, interesting game. Can't wait. What? Can't wait for DC Vegas. That's a big one. Says the guy that doesn't even care. But I, I no, in, in serious seriousness, um, I do think it's cool that obviously, you know, the Shepherd players and the Martinsburg players and the Marshall player, uh, and Knox and Green and um Neil all, you know, got to play and I hope that those guys get another shot at the NFL. Um for Dewan Neal, I think he's the most likely of those three to get another shot because he was pretty close to making the commander's roster from what I remember from the preseason. At least the practice squad. On the, yeah. I think he was on the final cuts list. Yeah. yeah he was so, that close. So He probably has the best shot. Uh, Brendan Knox just doesn't run a fast enough 40 time. I think he runs like a 4.64, so I don't think he would make it in green. Um, you know, We'll see. He was with the Falcons regular season, yeah. so maybe as a special teams guy, but probably not as a receiver. Just based on those numbers, only one catch for four yards in an XFL game isn't really going to impress the NFL. Well, but they got Josh start. Gordon. Exactly. They have Josh Gordon. I, I'm just saying, not though. to make him the primary target, right? Yeah, we'll see if he can get more targets toward the end of the season, yeah. but just based off last night. I didn't game. realize that Josh Gordon was in the XFL and then uh, Marquez King. Is that Marquette is King? Marquette. The punter. Yeah. Punter. He used to be on the Raiders. Yes, I, I remember him. He was but, an insane punter, and now he's in the XFL. The XFL, I did see the clip of uh, AJ McCarron's team. I don't know who he plays for, but that they got a. Instead of onside kicks, you can go for a fourth and 15. I think that was St. Louis, the yeah, Battle they, Hawks. Yeah, it was St. Louis. Yes, yeah, the they Battle had Hawks. the insane comeback. You got to go for the fourth and 15 every time. Why even give the other team the ball? Four from 15. Because yeah. if you don't convert it, I think – I can't remember where they get the ball. But Probably get it like the 40 or whatever, but hey. I think it's your 40, not their 40 potentially, though. Yeah, whatever. So, Go for uh, it. I mean, still – I like the idea. No, I like the idea. I think I like – I mean, they got the three-point yeah. conversion. They do. The two-point conversion and the one-point conversion. Yep. I mean, think about this. We'll have, no three, point points. we'll have three football leagues this year. Our kickers – a kicker, there's kickers in the XFL, right? Yeah, for kickoffs. Yes, yes there are. Field goals? And field goals. Yeah. They can't show their extra point ability. Well, they're getting knows. screwed. All right. But I think it's cool that they're getting, you know, the XFL is back. Dwayne Johnson backing it. He'll be back for about a year. I think it's nice to get these guys an extra opportunity to play some games. No, it definitely is, but it's just not going to last. I think it will. USFL coming back in April. They're, uh, 
their draft is tomorrow, which is kind of interesting for some guys. We were talking about this off air. Maybe we'll get this conversation on air tomorrow, but that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Want to make an announcement this morning. Rob announced that we would have school board meeting live on TV 10 this afternoon. Unfortunately, it's closed to the public, so we will not have that on TV 10 or WRNR TV on YouTube. But that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. For Colin McLaughlin, Nick Verzellini, I'm Spencer Dupuis saying so long. We'll talk to you on another edition of the Sports Mix tomorrow. But Mountaineer Hoops tonight, 6 p.m. pregame, 7 p.m. tip-off as they take on Oklahoma State. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. We'll be right back.